Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor Australia podcast that asks the question, Xavi, are we aware of, of what Jimmy does for a living? Let me think. I'm pretty sure he is a pirate. I think I heard a that right. Pirate. That's yes. right. Yeah. Yes, yes, I'm just yes. not sure that they really gave that enough uh, enough attention. It was not clear. Yeah. They could have dressed him up in some kind of outfit. They could have had him arrive in his pirate vehicle of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, really could have spent a little more time on it. My name is Max Quinn. Joining me, as always, he is riding down the tarmac on a motorbike that he built from scratch. <laughs> Xavier Betsky Noonan. Hi, Xavier. Are you ready, kids? <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. We are, of course, here to recap all of the action from the first two episodes of The Bachelor Australia Season 9 as front runners emerge, a couple of extremely cute dogs jump off the screen and into True. our hearts forever. And one hopeful woman stakes her claim to be next season's flat chillerette. <laughs> Wait, hang on. You're going to have to explain that to me. Because she's very gassy. She's very oh, gassy, you see? You know what? Flatulence. I just realized I wrote the notes for this week. I don't have anything about that. So I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. It is, of course, great representation for my people. Um, <laughs> we'll definitely need to talk about it when it comes up. I hope you uh, I hope you flag it. Look, we have lots more to unpack with you as we move through these episodes, including first impressions of Jimmy and the Bachelorettes, a mansion expansion, question mark. <laughs> Can I just say, yes. to still be calling them first impressions? I know. In this, our fifth episode on the topic. <laughs> I realized last week that I said we had done three preview episodes. We did another one. Yeah. We just forgot about we just, it. it okay, look, we've done so many. But before we do dig into the recap, I do just want to make mention that if you'd like to hang out with me and Zavi and some former Batchy contestants as part of the nicest little community on the internet, the best place to do that is on the Bachelor. No? Of, oh, no, you're right. Go to Neopets. Uh, if you don't find what you're looking for there, the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook might be everything you need. It's a very exciting time. <laughs> How do you start this episode? L- like I said, we have done a lot of these, so I'm like now looking for like, you know, the Oxford Eng- English Dictionary defines a bachelor as um, this Wednesday's premiere episode mm. was what many people are calling the first episode in this season of tv Mm. uh critics raved this uh premiere episode i really liked it let's get let's have some initial thoughts did you enjoy yourself did you have a good time yeah look my opening volley i thought these were two pretty good episodes there was nothing extremely objectionable about either episode i think jimmy is nice i think some of these women are pretty good there are clearly some very 
funny contestants this year. I think we will have more to say about Belinda and Sierra and plenty of others uh, a little bit later in the in the show. But for me, these two episodes were kind of winners, but a bit of a bummer, Zayf, to see that they didn't rate particularly well. Yes, you're right. Uh, I had a look at the ratings for the premiere episode. May not have soared to the heights that Channel 10 was mm. hoping for. So overnight ratings after Wednesday night showed that an average of 482,000 viewers tuned in to watch live on Wednesday night. That's down from 681,000 last year. And it also makes this the lowest rated premiere in Australian Batchy history. And that's including The Bachelorette, which typically rates a little bit lower. So not what I would say a home run, not what I would call a home run. I don't like to call anything a home run because I don't really know how baseball works. Xavier, you've hit it out of the park, haven't you, with that analogy. Yeah. The, Thank yeah, so The vibe here is that that's not great. I will say they still won their demographic for, uh, what was it, 18 to 50-year-olds, which is good for them and their advertisers. And hopefully there are some people at Channel 10 who are convinced that a stream on demand is as good as a, a ratings point. Um, I would assume that uh, with it coming up against the Farmer Wants a Wife finale and uh, also being in this time of, what, great peril, would you would you describe this time as? Not sure what you're talking about, but please go on. <laughs> well, it does occur to me that there's a virus. <laughs> oh, I think you're talking about the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> That's a peril of a different kind. I don't know. Grim. Uh, yeah, I somewhat glibly posted that this will be the last season of The Bachelor. I don't know that for sure or anything like that. I strongly hope that it's not the case. Uh, my ha. future depends on it as someone who <laughs> earns no income from a podcast that I spend hours a week doing. I mean, I, I don't want the show to go away. It made me panic. I was very upset to see this. And I'm like, far be it from me to uh, drive people towards a commercial institution such as this. But also, like, if you have any friends who normally watch the show who, who didn't tune in yet... Now's a good time to just say, hey, did you catch those episodes? We do love hearing from you as well. The Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group is the best place to do it. Xavier, you got anything else before you want to jump into the recap? Now that you mention it, there are a couple of other things just uh, to Hit further me. belay the inevitable. And, uh, you know, uh, let's talk about this. Brooke's season of The Bachelorette has officially started shooting, obviously coming out li later this year. Um, and that means that paparazzi photos are starting to leak out. And that means that a few stories are being teased out as well. Here's one that might interest our listeners, particularly anybody who is a diehard who has been uh, listening and following closely along for a while. The Daily Mail has photos of what looks to be a single date between Brooke and a somewhat familiar face, that of Jamie Lee Days. Jamie Lee was an intruder on Brooke's season, where, oh. you know, the Honey Badger season, uh, appearing alongside Litany oh. Brittany Weldon, uh, who obviously stole a little bit of the spotlight. But yeah, it seems like Jamie Lee has been headhunted to appear on the show again, or maybe she applied twice and got in twice. Don't really know. But yeah, I think the idea that they were both previously competing for the Honey Badger and are now going to give it a go together feels like such a good story a really great like how he started dating story obviously i have no idea if they're compatible at all but i'm just like this is great let's you know it's got me even you know, more excited for this season that. the amount of time uh, that they would have spent in the house together would be i would assume pretty negligible and if they haven't stayed in touch sure. since the show but maybe there was something there i'm writing the story in my head it's cute mm. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, it's not like the the two spurned leads of the the season right. got together or something like that. But there's a there's a minor, tiny little element of John Tuckerification. Yeah, look, it's not exactly Sophie and Brittany getting together, is it? But I do like that from the ashes of the Honey Badger season, this phoenix can rise. Right, considering the catastrophe that that season was <laughs> on a number of levels. The other thing, I don't know if we even want to talk about it. It's a week old at this point. Do we want to talk about Ellie Miles's posts about the carnivore diet that she has been participating in? That's some yuck stuff. Yeah, all I want to say is, she, you actually carnivore. <laughs> this is a fad diet that she has been evidently participating in and shilling on her Instagram stories, wherein she mostly eats meat, fish, and animal products, and where she tells her 200,000-odd followers that foods like leafy greens, nightshades, and brassica, like broccoli and Brussels sprouts, are among the, quote, most toxic. Uh, these posts have since been removed, but, um, you know, we've been talking a bit about, like, the ethics and responsibilities of people with big audiences and mm. what happens when you go off the show and you're no longer a person on TV and now you're a person online. And this is some pretty nasty shit. It's another thing yeah. that I have just seen throughout the week taking screenshots of shadily shown to a couple of people and then we all just have to move on i guess you know no look Xavi, i think she's right really you think she's right yeah there's something extremely toxic about those posts it's it's just not the broccoli <laughs> okay yeah maybe that's true maybe i was misunderstanding what she was trying i think to say. you were yeah okay mm. well then in that case that's on me and uh everybody go follow ellie miles on instagram <laughs> <laughs> and while you're at it unfollow boh pod we're doing you more harm than good. This is it. We don't need it. All right. Uh, let's jump into the recaps. That's enough of that. Uh, let's start, of course, with arguably the first episode of the season. Many people are saying it. You're hearing it more and more. People saying it's number five. Mm. Oh, well, those people are watching them out of order, and I praise them for getting their hands on the other episodes early. And I want to know where their sources are. And I don't want them putting any sources on any leafy green vegetables. Okay, uh, beautiful Osha Ginsberg welcomes us to The Bachelor Australia, Season 9, Episode 1. One. He calls it the show where fairy tale love stories really come true about half the time. <laughs> if we're assuming we're not talking about The Bachelorette, where the stats are a little bit worse, or Bachelor in Paradise, where like maybe it'll work out if one of the people has never been on the show before, or you know, <laughs> uh, that sort of thing. There's a new mansion this year, and of course, there's our new bachelor, Jimmy Nicholson. We're shown a montage of him getting intimate with an airplane and suggestively polishing a motorbike. <laughs> this is good <laughs> shit. Uh, and we see Jimmy cuddling with his adorable dog, Billy, uh, and his dad. Oh, do we want to quickly sidebar on the dog? It's a good dog. It's a great, like, that was the most romantic shot of the whole season, <laughs> I'm calling it now. Yeah, absolutely. The dog, I think, will probably be an intruder and will probably win. Mm. Jimmy's dad starts getting emotional, asking, what am I going to do without my mate? And his mom hopes that he'll come out of the experience an even more beautiful young man than before. I don't know if it was just my mood when I was watching this, but I actually found this stuff to be really effective this time around. Yeah, it was great. I thought so too. I remember watching it and being like, do you know what? There's a real clear father-son bond here. Mm. Uh, and the the relationship with his mom is like, this is a, a wholesome rich family yes it is definitely a rich family they have a lot of rich experiences to draw on here but like in in terms of doing a lot of work in a very small amount of time 
Um, this didn't come off as phony to me. Nope. Like it sometimes does. You really just felt like you were getting uh, a nice little snapshot of a surprisingly intimate bunch of people. Yeah, good job, show. And it harkens back to what we learned in the previews about how Jimmy's family are everything and maybe also foreshadows the importance that that family will hold as we progress with the season. Right, because obviously we know they're going to pop back in towards the end, but I feel like I will actually remember them when they pop back up again. Totally. I also really like Jimmy's sister sort of drilling down on the specifics of what kind of person that he's hoping to meet. Like he was like, oh, I want someone nice and like, you know, somebody with a good heart or whatever. And she's like, no, I, I want you to actually give me an answer. Um, right. I just think all this stuff frames the episode really well and sets you up to uh, be on G- on Jimmy's side. She's like, you want beady little eyes. You want a waggly tail. <laughs> you want soft fur. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so Asha is waiting on a tarmac and Jimmy arrives in a little plane that he flies himself naturally. And I got really excited at this point because we were speculating that maybe this whole season would be uh, on the the tarmac so he could just flee Mm. at any moment. Osher asks, how did you ever get the time off work to do this? Which is a pretty insensitive question, honestly, in the the age that we live in. A little bit on the nose. Maybe. Um, But Jimmy takes it with grace and he says, well, you know, he's lucky to still have a job. And uh, also now he's got a very cool new job being a hunk on TV. So what has he got to complain about? Ha. And uh, yeah, let's let's get started with the limo exits. First out of the limo is Brooke, the 27-year-old sexy baby with the Sri Lankan love cake. <laughs> I did some research. This cake is a legacy from when Portugal occupied what is now Sri Lanka about 500 years ago. Oh, colonization. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We love we it. We love that. Well, look, this cake, it's got some cardamom and some nutmeg and some cinnamon in it. It seems like a very mm. good cake, so maybe colonization is good after all <laughs> i'm not going to profess to know much about the uh the the details of sri lanka's uh you know history or anything like that uh maybe many modern sri lankas would argue that this was fantastic um i'm digging a hole for myself that i simply can't get out of uh but jimmy likes the cake <laughs> so you know uh send your emails to him not me um brooke mentions that it's her grandmother's recipe who passed away two years ago and I'm just thinking to myself, Brooke, you need to save that confession. You need to oh, hang yeah. on to that for a quiet moment on a single date or, you know, get some time alone with him when it seems like you're in danger. Don't blow it now. Have you ever seen this show before? Right, exactly. And also talk to me about first impressions because here you are walking up, big hug, brought you a treat, dead nan. Yeah. It's tough. I don't know that it flows. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it's necessarily like uh, a turn off or anything like... Brooke has obviously got enough going for her that this isn't going to be a big problem for her. Oh, no. But I'm just like, in terms of things that you want to prepare to have when you go on the TV show The Bachelor, you want a few things up your sleeve. You want like, uh, I don't know, you want to take a couple of quick painting or drawing classes. Definitely. You want to like write one or two poems. Don't, you don't have to say them on night one. Just keep them up your sleeves. You want to learn a little dance routine. You want to have, you know, you want to pack a fun little outfit. Have some surprises up your sleeve, and definitely one of them should be trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it does feel this weird red carpet like the talent portion of a like a debutante or what do you call that? Uh, The um the where they make the little little girls go and do the dances and the yeah you got it you got it. What's that thing called? Is it not a debutante? I think it's just called child abuse. Let's continue. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. 
Um, up next is Carly. She's 33 from Melbourne. She's a corporate lawyer and she has brought a contract for The Bachelor to sign. I was quick enough to get a screenshot of the document uh, just in case there was something funny hidden in the fine print. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's unfortunately, it's all pretty basic. She makes him promise to various things, including telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help us, Osha. Cute. Not bad. Um, she asked him to keep an open mind, yada, yada. It's a, it's a good gimmick, but I feel like it's a tiny bit of a wasted opportunity. I wish she had taken it a little bit further by revealing after he signed it that he had just agreed to give her a rose or just kiss her like now and then or something like it was like, you should always read things before you sign them. Here's what was actually on there, you know? Yeah, there was definitely more to be made of that. It's interesting. I actually got uh, a little um, zoom in myself on some of the subtext. Are you ready for this? Oh, go on, because it must. It sounds like there was stuff that I missed. Yeah, the terms and, and conditions. And I probably trampled all over your joke. No, it's okay. It just says I, uh, I'd be talking to her and I would be busting to go to the toilet <laughs> and I would rather piss my pants and sit there and talk to her than go to the toilet. It's good in any context. We love it, listeners. Uh, Jamie Dora and the gift that keeps on giving. Truly, truly. Uh, we then meet frontrunner Jay, who asks Jimmy for his strategy when it comes to love. And then when he asks the same question back to her, she claps her hands twice and a giant chess set appears next to them. Forgive me if I'm mistaken, because mm. I've watched a lot of this show over the years and I cannot possibly remember all of it. This feels to me like the first time that the Bachelor series has embraced elements of the supernatural. I Am agree. I no, this is total bewitch shit. This is I Dream of Jeannie. She just wiggles her nose and all of a Boy. sudden we are here playing a giant game of strategy. Right. It seems as though Jay may in fact be some kind of genie from, ja- from shit. Genie from down under. <laughs> This is great, too, because Jay has to teach Jimmy how to play chess. She tries to do the classic three-move checkmate, but she realizes that she's messed something up. And then Jimmy says, uh, it would be ungentlemanly if I beat you, wouldn't it? Because it turns out he would have actually won. It's pretty good. It's pretty nice. Good job, Jimmy. We've seen this too many times at this point to have any objective comment on it. No, he plays it well. Speech pathologist Laura gets Jimmy to stick his tongue out and then go blah, blah, blah. Which is pretty good. I love Laura. Uh, yeah, it's a big risk for night one, and he's game. I feel like he can't really say no to anything, Mm-mm. right? No, you are put on the spot 23 times in a row. Right, and it's just a golden opportunity, because whatever he, whatever you say, he has to do it. Right. Um, she says, well, his tongue works, so that's a start, before giving <laughs> his oral cavity a full inspection with a torch and a tongue depressor, praises his oral hygiene this is really fun after a quick swab of the nostrils and a go over with the temperature gun she is satisfied and lets him go it's nice everyone has to make sure that their potential partner is covid neg before they move on and into the mansion i think laura was just doing her due diligence here yeah absolutely i hope she was doing this for everybody Mm. sierra enters next and offers to read jimmy's tarot cards I love this entrance so much. She asks him to visualize what he wants to see in his future. And then the big reveal is that these are custom tarot cards with like a flirty pick of Sierra on them. (laughs) I can't believe nobody has thought of this before. It's a super fun, super memorable intro. Plus, now he has a cute picture of her with her name on it that he can look at whenever he's deciding who to send home. Did you know in the early seasons of American Bachelor, there was a full scene 
where the bachelor or bachelorette would go into a room where they had little pictures of all of them and just like stare at all of the pictures at all of them. No. And go, hmm. Oh, I think Greg's pretty cool, but I'm not too sure about Clark or whatever. I did not know that. Up next, vroom, vroom. Bitches know they can't catch Belinda, oh 29-year-old criminal lawyer. She gets a full video package of her driving this souped-up car. She said, I mean, it's hard to even pick the best quotes from this. She says, I've had some really interesting letters from prison. Not what I'm looking for. <laughs> I, think that, I think that without love, life is just a series of eating and shitting every day. Oh, my God. In true Belinda style and doing it my way. That's that's the quote. They must have got that together, but the idea that what she does is a specific brand of shitting every day. I don't shit by the book. I shit by my own rules. Yeah, everyone shits to the beat of their own drummer. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Belinda is truly an icon. O-classed. Uh, when she meets Jimmy, she says... He's got me thinking about the Eight Mile High Club, which I laughed about, but then I looked it up, and eight miles is actually like 42,000 feet, which is a pretty common cruising altitude for most commercial airlines. So here's the thing. We're all laughing at Belinda. Maybe she's secretly fucking a brilliant genius. I think that she is. She probably knows more about flying than Jimmy does. Maddie walks up with a cocktail shaker and two martini glasses, but is skipped over completely. Ashley wields what looks like a whip or a length of rope, but is skipped over completely. Tamlin is propless. Beck prances out in her showgirl wings and says, here comes the running man, which <laughs> I guess I guess she's hoping Jimmy will not be the running man. Great. I don't know. It doesn't seem fully thought out. Yeah, he doesn't want to be a runway runaway. Oh, that's great. I love that. Thank runway you. bride. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Tani is holding some kind of jewelry box, but she's also skipped over completely. Ash is propless and skipped over completely. Lauren has what might be some kind of notebook or diary and she's skipped over completely. Stevie has a tiny white dog in a bow tie named Lenny, who she also gets to bring into her interview. This was great. I think this is the first dog confessional. Oh, I was going to say it is the first time a white dog in a bow tie, bow tie named Lenny has been allowed. In a <laughs> Hannah brought a padlock with her inscribed with the words, bachelor 21 <laughs> she loves to travel and so she's like you know jimmy i want to take you to the famous bridge in paris where you can leave a padlock as a lasting mark of your love and you know despite the fact that bachelor 2021 is a kind of funny thing to write on it you're like oh that's nice you know it's kind of a cute idea it's a cute idea i love that she was like do you know about the love lock bridge in paris <laughs> yeah which everybody Bro. knows <laughs> The thing is, though, the thing is, though, do you know about the Lovelock Bridge in Paris? Oh, my God. Tell me. A cursory Google search reveals that in 2015, Paris city officials removed close to a million locks from this famous bridge called Pont des Arts or something uh, after the weight of those locks, which is close to 45 tons, caused part of the bridge railing to collapse. And it is now illegal to put padlocks there. Okay, cool. I instantly think that Hannah is a badass. She wants to break into the, what do you call it? The Pondery play? That's the one. Yes, yep. absolutely. And and hang a, hang an illegal lock. Yeah, this is Ocean's what? 14? Give it to me. I kind of love yeah. it. I kind of love it. 
um, I also did some more research on these Lovelock bridges around the world because mm. I know that there's one in Venice and I know that people also do it at the Brooklyn Bridge in New York. Both of those places are publicly campaigning for tourists to not attach locks there either. Sorry, Hannah, the world tours off. <laughs> Up next is another frontrunner named Holly. She is a marketing manager. She's a fashion icon. She's a girl boss. We even see her in her video package gazing off into the horizon, pondering something, which is always a good sign. And she gets chimes and soft, dreamy piano as she enters. And in another pretty incredible move that we've talked about a bit already, just takes him on a single date straight away. Love it. She says she knows a little, a nice little wine bar. And then they just sit down and they have a glass of wine and they have a chat together. I think her intro lasts longer than Jimmy's did. You are giving yourself half an hour. You know what I mean? Which is such good strategy. You can sip that wine as slowly as you want. Truly. And the thing is, right, like this means that we are going to see a lot more of of Holly. We uh, certainly saw some other things about Holly on the internet, which uh, maybe, maybe we'll get to. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you, is now an appropriate time for Let's that? Let's do it. She sure seems to have posted uh, an image of herself with the uh, MAGA hashtag. Yeah, the hashtag MAGA. So, yeah, last year when she was in America, she posted on her Instagram a picture of her in front of an American flag with the caption hashtag MAGA, obviously the slogan of uh, reality star Donald Trump mm-hmm. uh, associated with far-right political beliefs etc etc she did an interview with punky this week where she tried to set the record straight uh she says this comment in no way shape or form is an accurate representation of my political beliefs uh it made reference in jest and with sarcasm intended uh to the u.s political situation could have been a little clearer about that one maybe could have included that in the scrub pre going on the show but uh i will take her word for it yeah let's talk more about the instagram scrub i've been thinking about that this Mm. week as the women have been posting their captions as they have been posting pictures from the first couple of nights Mm -hmm. (sighs) i don't know what effect this is having on the show like i feel like this is something that has been done and to be clear listeners hello i think what is happening here is that uh, as we have discussed on a previous episode, some social medias for Channel 10 are running the accounts of the women as like third parties to combat bullying, I would suppose, mm-hmm. on social media. On the one hand, I think that anything that you can do to combat bullying in the digital age is probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I can't help but feel like so many of these captions are disingenuous and like I'm not really getting a good sense on the internet of who these women are and that's not really like as someone who wants to complete the picture and get to think more about who these people might be I'm not really learning anything I agree it's interesting that this is the season that we are trying to keep the most track so far of what social media is uh reflecting and how the follow accounts are moving and that kind of thing because I feel like we're getting a quite different image of these people on social media than we were. Mm. Um, and I, d- I do feel, I agree with you that I am less inclined apart from having a podcast about it. I'm less inclined to actually keep track with these people and try and build out the picture. And I wonder how that will be reflected in, you know, what, what is clearly one of the ultimate goals of going on this show, which is gaining a lot of clout and, you know, 
yeah. being able to live as a successful person in the digital age. Yeah, and and then there was this other one. We met Tamlin this week, and one of the things that's been posted to her account is this picture of her that is not very flattering. So it's all of the women smiling, talking to Osha, and the caption is, tell me you're not photogenic without telling me you're not photogenic, which in and of itself is a mouthful. But mm. the vibe is, this isn't a very flattering picture of her. And I think that it's meant to be self-deprecating, but when fed through the lens of there's a third party posting this image of a woman looking unattractive to That's very her true. on Instagram, I just kind of think like, yuck. Yeah, I don't love that. I mean, like, I guess at some point they signed a contract that says like, you know, much like how the contract probably already says you can basically do whatever you want with the footage that you capture. Mm. They are presumably saying the same thing with like, you can do whatever you want with my social media. I wonder if that's like in perpetuity, like, you know, when they get off the show, are they able to go back and change those captions? Are they able to like delete, delete those photos? God, I would yeah. hope so. I'm very curious about this. I'm like, it'll be a little while before we can speak to anybody from this season, but I, I want to know more about how that all shakes out. Yeah, for sure. Back on limo exits, we really skip over Jacinta, Elena, Tatum, and Annabelle. And then Chanel, the flight manager, has her Bachelor Airways moment, which we've now seen in a few promos. Uh, Jimmy makes a real clunker of a joke about working in aluminium tubing. Oh my goodness. And he like doubles down on it and complains that she didn't get the joke and then explains it to her, which I think is maybe the only moment of like sort of tactlessness or absence of charm. Yeah, I don't know. I think that he, I, f I found it all right. I remember sitting on the couch with Danny and Danny saying the same thing. Like, what does he mean aluminium tubing? And I was like, oh, he works in a big aluminium tube in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, oh. But even when he's trying to get her to get it, he just pushes a little high. Yeah. yeah. It's probably just my, my taste. Or, or yeah, something. totally. But she makes a much funnier one about when she adjusts his seat back and then says, no mile high upgrades today, but that's not to say they won't be in the future. Cute. I'm like, she's, she's bringing the charm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Meanwhile, her employer is sitting out there like, you what now? You'll be doing, you're what, what were you doing? <laughs> uh, pardon me? Hmm. You're in uniform? <clears throat> <laughs> in a video package, we learned that Stephanie, 27 years old from Perth, is a Twitch streamer. So I had a conversation with past and future guests of the podcast and fellow streamer Eilish Gilligan mm. uh, this week when we were talking about, <laughs> this doesn't matter, but her stream room and her setup is so basic and so neat and tidy. It is truly bizarre. There is nothing on her desk. There is like one light and one camera and everything is perfectly laid out. There's nothing behind her. I've never seen a stream that looks like that. Isn't it incredible? Like, I, I mean, even where we're sitting at the moment, I am surrounded by, what, fucking brick and gizmos. Yeah, you've got artwork, you've got gizmos and gadgets and galore. Uh, thingamabobs, you've got like 20, right? You've got heaps of thingamabobs. It's bizarrely tidy and barren. And combined with her joking about how her usual stream behavior wouldn't necessarily be appropriate for primetime TV, Eilish and I were wondering if she might have been like, a hot tub streamer or like, you know, a somewhat less than modest kind of, uh, which rules. I don't want to label her with anything negative. No, no. Um, I mean, she seems extremely cool. She, she mentioned she plays world of Warcraft. 
Um, so maybe that is, maybe that's incorrect, but I'm just, I'm just like, I tracked down her Twitch page and she hasn't been live in quite a while on, obviously, but I want to be friends with her and have her on the pod. Everybody in my household immediately fell in love with Stephanie. Uh, yeah. Did you have a few people over for the premiere? It was, yeah, we, <laughs> that's right. Well, we just came home from the, uh, what is it? The freedom March oh, or good. whatever. Yep. Yeah. We just came home from that. It was obviously a really big event. And, uh, you know, yeah, we were pooped out, even though obviously unobstructed breathing the whole time. Mm -mm. You guys, 15 or 20 of your closest friends spitting in each other's mouths. Real good stuff. Great night in. When Stephanie arrives at the cocktail party, she reacts very negatively when she learns that Jimmy is a pilot. She's dated a few pilots in the past and it hasn't gone well. Luckily, though, there's heaps more to Jimmy's personality than that, right? <laughs> you got nothing to worry about. Uh, the best part, in my opinion, is that when she's talking about how the lifestyle that comes with being a pilot makes it really easy for you to get up to no good, I guess. Uh, a plane actually flies overhead while she's doing the confessional and she's like, fucking pilots. <laughs> that was really good. And then, ting, 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 ting. The ting tings. Osha hits his wedding ring against the glass 11 times. We get it, dude. You're married. <laughs> I did a Twitter poll last year. Maybe it was earlier this year where I was like, if you picture somebody tinging their knife against the glass in your mind's eye, how many times do you think they do it? And the choices I gave were ting, 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 and ting, 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 ting which I feel like are maybe the only acceptable options. But Osha goes for 11, and then when they all notice that he's been doing it for that long, he does a 12th one. 11 is such a big dog move. I am so <laughs> I'm so ready for it. You're on TV. Really? He's just got to keep going until they're ready. <laughs> like, at that point, Osha is the school teacher standing in front of the classroom that he does not know, and he's like, I need you to pay attention. Right, but he's he's in a position of authority. He could do it once and they would all go, <gasps> and also they're all in love with him. So they're all just like, oh my God, he's so cute. He's stinging. After gathering the women, he introduces the key to the business lounge, which is somewhere they can have uninterrupted time alone with the batch, seemingly whenever they want it. And there is also free Wi-Fi and barista coffee and a few little jars of shortbread biscuits. <laughs> Osha hands over to Jimmy, who says, it takes guts to do some of the entrances that you guys did. Not all. <laughs> it's a great line. Not like it takes guts to be here and come on The Bachelor, but like, no, it took guts for you to like, what, carry a small box of jewelry or something? Oh, we didn't talk about the ladder. The ladder? Eleanor, did you catch this? Oh, you're right. Yeah, she, she walked up with a ladder and then didn't get to use it. There is no need for her to use that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's really unfortunate. Although it would have been handy in the next episode. We'll talk about that soon. Hey, hey. Jimmy takes a seat next to Stephanie, who takes him away first. And Stephanie hints that she has more aviation knowledge than the average person. She says, I know what a Saab is, um, but doesn't let on that it might cause some problems for her. And then meanwhile, we cut back over to Cyclone Belinda, who is just doing a tight five about Stephanie and Jimmy. <laughs> she is truly winning. She is like winning fans. She is selling out, you know, it's a two drink minimum and everybody's plastered. Uh, she says, she, she asks him, do you qualify for job seeker? I'm a frequent flyer. A hundred velocity points I've racked up on there. It's pretty good. It's, it's much pretty better in context. Good. Yeah, she's very funny. Now, 
I just want to clarify. Saab. Uh-huh. Okay. So it stands for Saab Automobile AB. I, w- I would have thought it'd be Saab Automobile Automobile Automobile. <laughs> <laughs> the first word in your acronym is the name of your word. Uh-huh. Yeah. Love it. Wait, isn't that what you said? It stands for Saab AB? So Saab, S-A-A-B, stands mm-hmm. for Saab Automobile AB. Okay. Yeah. No further questions, Your Honor. Insane. Mm-hmm. Sierra gets menacing strings as she interrupts Stephanie's time with Jimmy, getting in some good lines about having big dick energy in her confessional and kicking off the usual steal away scramble. It kind of lasts for the rest of the night. But Hannah does get a moment to revisit her locket prop with Jimmy. She says, quote, this is maybe my quote of the night. 2021 is the year of love, and that's what I've made it. (laughs) So we're going to lock our love and throw away the key. Love that. Yes, I guess they're going to do it here instead of Paris. Uh, It's kind of good considering the whole uh, virus thing. Um, and I spotted that they put the padlock around some of the fake leaves that are like dangling off the gazebo, which strikes mm. me as a not so permanent place to put it. Well, did you know, I had heard that um, up until maybe even it was five years ago, there were millions of padlocks hanging off that gazebo. <laughs> they had to chop them all down. Mm. Uh, and then it really is just a revolving door, or as Sierra describes it, it's like piranhas to a piece of steak. Ooh, me hungry. We me want man. <laughs> I'm trying to do the voice she did. It was really good. It's really like uh, so. Sierra is a gift at this point. I am. I feel very comfortable saying yes. This woman is a uh, gift from the Bachelor Gods, and I am really excited. Sierra that feels she's here in a part of the season specifically like a gift for us and people yeah, in our truly. in our ballpark. Personal trainer Elena gets him to take his jacket off and do a push-up. But before he can do it, he's handed a walkie-talkie because it's time for a late arrival. Lily, the half-woman, half-crane hybrid that we've been seeing in all the promos. She asks if there's room for one more, which of course makes me wonder, what would happen if you just said no? No, he's sorry. Like, yeah, we kind of already did that. You, you snooze, you lose. We've got 32 people here. Like, <laughs> We shouldn't have that big of a gathering at all. That's it, you know, in these pandemic times particularly, fuck off, we're full. Yeah, truly, we've got to be better safe than sorry. I don't know if she even scanned in on the app, yada yada. Uh, I also noticed that it was Elena who was bending over on the lawn in that promo that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I arbitrarily picked as the winner. So we (laughs) will wait and see. She could come back around. It doesn't feel like she's a front runner right now, but you never know. Sometimes they surprise you. Uh, speaking of frontrunners, Lily, I feel like has got to be up there. She gets some very twinkly music. They spend plenty of uninterrupted time together because she got there late. And she says in confessional that meeting Jimmy was, quote, a rush of intensity and says, I know I like him already. I don't know how I feel about Lily. Yeah, I'm, I, I feel better about Lily later on. At this point, I'm just like, okay. Yeah, at this point, I am I am not won over, and I'm not seeing anything that makes her feel distinct or interesting. But my mind is open to change. Yeah, I mean, like, the crane thing is such a big gimmick that you can't really focus on her being a human being. Um, yeah, but she less gets... crane and more cranium, please. <laughs> that's right, absolutely, yeah. Wait, is cranium the one that's your, your skin of your head? No, that's not. Okay. Mm-mm. 
Jimmy takes Jay aside and asks what, in my mind, is a really, really good question. Like, this is some good bacheloring stuff. He says, if I was in your position and I was competing for your love against 23 other guys, what would I have to do to stand out? I like this, like, reversal. Because obviously he is in a real position of power here that, you know, everybody is in danger of kind of just saying what they think he'll want to hear. Uh huh. But also, it means that he is putting himself putting himself in their shoes, and you know, trying to realize that what they're going through is quite a strange thing as well. For sure, she doesn't necessarily have like the amazing perfect answer. She jokes, "Beat me in chess," before just kind of saying, "I just want a nice person, be a good guy, have good chat and good banter," and uh, you know, that's good enough. His his mind's made up. He says, "I might be able to one up that." He walks off to grab both the first rose and the key to the business lounge. What do we think of the business lounge? The way that they have tried to sell it to us is that it can be used at any moment for uninterrupted time with The Bachelor, seemingly for as long as they want it to, which is like, we know that's not true because there is a second episode that has other people in it. Like, if this was real and it was how it was, you know, marketed to, uh, to us as the viewer, then the second episode would just be Jay and Jimmy. And in fact, every forthcoming episode would just be Jay and Jimmy. Until Jimmy sends Jay home, or until they both leave home together. This is the thing, yeah, look, it feels like it was uh, advertised in a bit of an interesting way. Mm. I think that um, as far as fitting in with the theme, good job, it's fine. Yes. Um, In execution, it was also okay. Like so many of these things, it will come up one or two times. Yep. And one of the times it comes up will not matter for anything, and the other time, I guess, will either lead to someone going home or someone ending up winning or whatever, you know? What I will say, and I don't want to jump the gun here, but Jay decides to use it in the second episode. Have you made any notes about that? Does she? I feel like she decides to use it, but I don't actually remember that happening, really. Yeah, it's one of those things, right, where you see them sort of together, being together, and in that second episode, she says to the other woman, yes, of course I'm fucking using it. It's the key to the badge, like, it's the key to the badge pad. It's the key to the business lounge. Right, right. Why wouldn't I use it? Whereas in other seasons, you see so much speculation, and will she or won't she about this woman wanting to spend time, but maybe doesn't want to do it because of the politics of the other girls. This is much better. Yes, I agree with that. And also, there is less... We, we worry about it less as a dramatic stake-raising thing on night one, which totally. at this point is just a little bit tiring. Yeah. Like, when, when that stuff plays out, because obviously that's why it's there, and that's how they raise the stakes, and it's an easy way to do that. But also, it's the same thing every time. So for people like us who've been watching every single season, we're just like, okay, get on with it. The confessional that you get every year is the same, and we got it this year. Right. It is, I think every girl here would want the key to that blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and you get a second one a bit later on where they're like, Oh, I can't believe Jay got it. I wish it would have been me. And that's kind of, that's as much as they bother with. And that's fine. As a device that gives Jay, who is someone that I think that we like so far, mm-hmm. a leg up. I'm here for it. Uh, rose ceremony. Not actually that much to say about the rose ceremony, honestly. I mean, it's a night one rose ceremony. I do think it's interesting. I was thinking about this, that on the US show, which I've been watching a lot of lately, there are usually like eight people sent home on night one. Mm. Like they start off with like 30 something people. It's like a huge crowd. And then they just fucking cull like crazy on the first couple of weeks. Here it's two people. So the stakes are floor level. <laughs> the rose order is this. Um, Belinda, Metapod. Uh, oops. So with a heavy heart, 
we say goodbye to quirky medical equipment installer Annabelle and red-headed early European historian Lauren. For anybody keeping track, just because you might as well hear it because I'm doing the research, Annabelle gained a total of 228 followers from her time on the show, while Lauren gained just 143. Now this is on Instagram? That's right, yeah. Might be a good time to talk about the winners and losers this week on social media. Sure, yeah. Um, in between the episodes. Listeners, I will say that the only reason that I can see outside of redhead erasure um, <laughs> for Lauren to have gained less followers than Annabelle is in the handles. Now, mm. Annabelle's handle, pretty straightforward. Uh, it is Belle and then whatever her surname is. O'Regan. O'Regan. Yeah. Um, Lauren's is love and Lauren, which I suppose is a little bit harder to find. Yeah, I mean, I want to agree, but also I feel like if you're being told that her name is Annabelle and then you type in Annabelle, it doesn't come up. Like, you have to True. look for Belle. True. So it's an interesting hypothesis. I don't. I mean, neither of them are getting big boosts. It's not like the difference is, is massive. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what it comes down to. I would have thought that Zoe Claire had done enough work last year to... <laughs> you know, lay the runway, if you will, for uh, for Lauren, but apparently not. Yeah, I will say that the uh, people who really don't seem to have uh, done that well this week are Jacinta, not Jay, but Jacinta. Mm-hmm. So she gained a total of 215 followers mm-hmm. from two episodes, which is less than Annabelle's uh, one episode gain of 227. And Ash who gained 220 over the two followers, which is also less than Annabelle's 227. Also, Rebecca who only got 194. Oh boy. Yeah, so I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head who Rebecca is. No, and unfortunately, uh, she does not last the week. Tell me about the social media winners this week. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to chart this stuff. I feel like from week one, there's less to go off, and it's basically just people who had a lot of screen time, uh, who seemed to pop. So we had uh, Lily, who had a pretty big moment on this episode and another one in the next. Um, Jay, obviously. Holly, obviously. And uh, Brooke was another big one. So we're looking at Brooke, who gained almost a thousand followers, probably presumably based on having a single date in the next episode. Totally. Jay, who gained eleven hundred. Um, Lily gained just on a thousand, and then Holly gained two thousand. Right. So Holly's really the big winner from this week. But you know, if she's getting punky articles written about what's going on on her Instagram page, like that's more eyeballs. That, yeah, may indeed be the case. Let's dive into our recap of The Bachelor Australia Season 9, Episode 2. Osha gathers the women in the backyard and we get the prerequisite minute or so of everybody talking about what a little hottie he is. He is. It's fair enough. He's a little hottie. It's truth. And we haven't said anything about it, but he's looking good this year. He does look fantastic. Um... We were saying, me and the 60-odd people who gathered at my house, maskless, mm, mm. Um, were saying, we like that he's letting the gray through a little bit. He's obviously not graying a lot. Like, he's not an old guy, but he's not hiding it either. I think he's he's he looks classy. Yeah, well, look, 60 voices in unison can't be wrong. No, exactly. Uh, about any topic. Uh, and that's why <laughs> our march was so <laughs> successful. Good. Uh, and it turns out that he is, in fact, a little hottie with a single day card. In the form of two boarding passes, which I think is pretty cute. It's a I little, like this. I mean, you're right. We are fucking leaning on it a little too hard, but like, 
if you get the chance to deploy that, if you can right. make a single date card that fits the single date and also what the batchy is about, I mean, it'd be kind of cool if Brooke was also a pilot or, you know, involved or considered in some way, but whatever. Yeah. It's not like he necessarily showed up to every one of Lockie's dates with repelling equipment. Kind of kind of like the idea, though. Mm. <laughs> rope access technician Richie <laughs> Strawn. All of the single dates were written on a length of rope. <laughs> or just, like, dangled down from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. To access this rope, you must. <laughs> Real good. Um, so, yeah, it's a single date for Brooke. They meet on a tarmac on a gray and cloudy day with thunder rumbling in the distance. Um, and Jimmy does his best to comfort her, but it's not exactly what you would want for your single date. I was thinking about this and just being like, you're only getting one of the, you know, maybe you'll get another one if you do really well and you stick around for a number of weeks. Right. Um, but it's like, this is kind of your one chance. And I don't doubt Brooke's motives in the way that sometimes I doubt people's motives, but if she were the type of person who was going on to this show just to get more followers on Instagram, you'd be pissed. Either way, she made the most of it, I think. That's true. That's totally true. Um, as they're taxiing, she said, um, uh, Jimmy says, as they're taxiing, Jimmy says, do you trust me? And she says, I trust you. I think it's a bit late for me not to, which translates to, I do not actually really trust you at this point. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're up in the air for what feels like about two minutes before the storm cell that they are flying directly into seems to be getting a bit too close. <laughs> I thought that was really great. They're like, oh, see those clouds directly in front of us in this plane that I am flying? Uh, they're getting a bit close. <laughs> so they change course. They have a quick look around at the Hunter Valley and Brooke does her best to cuddle up to him while he's operating the plane. Um, it's pretty good. I mean, you're right. She's she's making the best out of this opportunity. The whole thing is great, I think. Like, they're up in the air and there's some unexpected turbulence. And then she grabs his knee and she's like, whoops, I'll do that. It's like, yeah, it's of course. Cute. What else are you going to do? It's great. I did. I did start to wonder if at this point this is kind of just cost cutting because like mm. normally and I'm sure it's not. But like normally they would have a date in a plane at some point. Right. And this season they don't have to hire a guy to fly it. You know, they're Truly. like, you can do it. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, and then cut to nighttime on a batchy couch, and we're actually getting to know her a bit. She says that people assume she's a bit of a cutesy girl, but she does have a competitive side. She's smart, caring, and compassionate, and she's looking for someone who can challenge her. It's a great showing, and it makes me feel like we have underrated Brooke. I think this is, yeah, true. And I, I reckon that there's a lot to Brooke, and she emerged as... Outside of someone like Sierra, who we know is probably here for comedy, mm. Brooke emerged as my favorite of the front runners. Yeah, I think um, we were, and I think many people were, quick to uh, label um, Brooke as doing the sexy baby thing. I almost feel yeah. like it's worth talking about this a tiny bit, because um, that is like tone policing on some level. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, yeah. I, I, I wanted it to be clear last week when we were talking about it that I think it is a strategy and I think it is a move and I think she's doing it knowingly. But I also don't necessarily know if that's the case. And even if it's not the case, I don't think that's a bad thing either. Yeah. Um, like, the way that women speak, I mean, it feels very strange to talk about. But, like... It, no, go on. It Keep is, talking about it, the way that women speak. Well, it is. A, it feels to me like this voice has emerged as a product of the patriarchy, right? Sure. And, you know, people softening their voice to, uh, you know, 
preserve men's feelings or to, you know, like preserve themselves in, in a world dominated by men or something like that, you know? I agree. <laughs> I think that's true. <laughs> Is that your sexy baby voice? Uh-huh. Kind of turning me on, Max. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, look, you know, Brooke, she gets a rose. She did good. She gets some smooches on the couch. It's pretty nice. I like it. Great job, Brooke. We like you. Yeah, we like you. Um, and back into the mansion, we hear Sierra doing some very classic batchy character work. Uh, she says to camera, to be honest, I really hope that Brooke doesn't get the first kiss with Jimmy because I don't want anybody else kissing my boyfriend. And I'm hoping that at one point I'll get to have a full patch. Like I definitely go in there and I'm like, this isn't necessarily scripted, but Sierra is a fan of reality television. She knows exactly what she needs to do. It's great. And I think this is probably also a strategy to get the producers on side. Like they're like, we will keep giving you that good camera time if you keep sprinkling us these lines we can put on the trailer or whatever. This is it, you know, like it's a total Kira Maguire kind of move. And we see, you know, in seasons of Bachelor in Paradise where Kira really, you know, might have gone off the deep end with this kind of villain characterization. Mm. But everything that Sierra has uh, said so far, I believe has been pretty in jest. There was one point, I think that, I forget who the woman she was talking about. She said that she had a face like a smacked ass. Did you catch yes, that? Yes, I did catch that. That was quite funny. Do you think that that meant that she was blushing? <laughs> Have you not heard that phrase? No, never before. I think it's a great Australianism. I don't know if I've heard it outside this country. Um, there you go. But I, I think it just means that your face is a bit busted up. I don't think it's about oh. blushing, really. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, no. You know what? It doesn't mean busted up. I feel I feel like it means like annoyed or something. Ah, Hang on. Okay. Let me see. Yeah. I mean, it's... You know, a face contorted in displeasure or annoyance. Seeing red. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. The group date card emerges and says, love can be a funny thing. It's all about how you frame it. Mm-hmm. And of course, it is the traditional photo shoot date. A t-shirted, French-tucked Osher Ginsberg introduces the shoot. The photos will be hosted not on the Daily Telegraph, but on news.com.au, which is... Interesting to me. Uh, J-Mo, the guy who's normally there, is gone. And we have entertainment editor Andrew Bucklow instead, who has no charisma at all. (laughs) Abu. Yeah, you can't shorten his name. A-Buck? Actually, that's (laughs) that's not too bad. It's not bad. Yeah, Yeah, look, um, I will say that I got nothing from A-Buck, but if we are moving into a... An increasingly digital age mm. where people are more online than ever. Maybe news.com.au is as valuable a property as the Daily Telegraph. And I would say, honestly, that I would estimate that news.com.au has more clicks more regularly than the Daily Telegraph's own website. Yeah. I mean, is this another sign that the audience is shifting a little bit? Are they gradually dragging their heels into like, you know, are we 10 years from now going to be hosting them directly on TikTok or just yeah, on maybe. Like, the dark web or something or whatever? Jetpacks.com. Look, they're on the talks. We we saw it this week. They are on TikTok. That's true. Uh, a Buck tells them to, quote, play around with your facial expressions and <laughs> have some fun with it. Uh, the theme this year is ostensibly romantic comedy, although they're not exactly recreating iconic scenes from romantic comedies. I was mm. trying to, I was, I was thinking really hard about what these might line up with because I have watched a fair few romantic comedies in my time. The obvious one is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, where they're sort of like standing back to back and he's looking down and she's looking up. 
that's the one that you want to do. Yeah, or just like uh, uh, I'm trying to think exactly of what what iconic rom com scenes they need to recreate. But like, yeah, what are we gonna do? Runaway Bride? Are we gonna do Notting Hill? Sleepless in Seattle? Yeah. How do you recreate the I'll have what she's having scene? Well, th- that would be fun. That would be really fun. Uh, Evie made the point that these actually kind of just look like the first two minutes of a porno, which for their audience, their young audience that they're trying to target, why don't they just say that? You know. That's it, right? That's the theme. It's what we're all thinking. Uh, First scene is a library meet cute with Laura providing comic relief as an elderly librarian. Feels to me like an attempt to recreate the magic of Steph as the dad with the little moustache last year. Doesn't really work in my book. Oh, I thought Laura crushed it. I really like this. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Because I was looking at this and cringing a little bit because I feel like they are leaning really hard into like bad improv instead of actually being a photo shoot, which mm-hmm. like, I mean, I don't care about the photos and I'm sure news.com.au it's, it's not all hinging on this for them. Um, but there's just a lot of like, you know, they find a copy of Kama Sutra for dummies on the shelf and then they all, <laughs> they all kind of react to it. And I'm like, that's not going to show up in the photos. True. At one point the photographer says, okay guys, fantastic. Now let's just get a few shots, which made me really laugh. It was like, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm just thinking about him instead of everybody else, but I'm like, this is the worst day of this guy's life. Do you know though, what they have done is isolate what works and what works is Tim Hanley in the crab outfit, mm. Steph as the old man, someone has to get the dud character and make the most of it or they have to wazza it in the chicken suit. So they have seen it go both ways. Mm. They have seen real moments of emphasis and characterization. And I think that that is, that is what is playing out here yet again. And for me, Laura as the funny librarian nan. Yeah. Pretty good. It's not terrible. I feel like she is, it, it's one of those things where like, it, I don't necessarily agree with the challenge, but I think the execution is about as good as it could be. Totes. Um, but yeah, maybe it's just I have an inherent sense of frustration towards this photo shoot day because this is one of those elements that feels the most rote to me. Like maybe they just locked into the groove of what makes them work really early um, and it hasn't really changed that much since then. But for me at this point, I'm just like, okay, good. Everybody's doing their thing. That's good. Carry on. Next up is the wedding photo shoot with bride, celebrant, and wedding crasher all trying to rip Jimmy in different directions. Belinda is having heaps of fun bending over saying can you see my vagina because i've got no undies on (laughs) kind of a lot of screaming but at least she's getting into character um meanwhile tamlin finds her gap to get up close and adjust jimmy's tie pretty smart move that's the strategy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i like that from tamlin yeah me too um she's playing the game there is a birthday party scene you know from romantic comedies uh with daddy daycare is daddy daycare what you would describe as a rom-com is Jimmy Daddy Daycare? <laughs> Episode title. Uh, so girlfriend Sierra and best friend that Jimmy hasn't noticed, Tani, uh, you know, also kind of just fighting over him. There's a lot of, there's a patriarchal, like, you know, Freud would have a field day. Uh, mm. Any feminist scholar would have another field day. And uh, they'd all be in a field together protesting anti-mask. It's nothing. Sierra naturally takes the opportunity and runs with it, hitching her leg right up against him and guaranteeing that she will get a man-eater Abby Chatfield kind of edit. I imagine that she is hoping that it will also have similar results as the Abby Chatfield edit for her future prospects, if not in the short term. 
Yeah, look, for sure. We've got to see a little bit of emotional depth out of Sierra, but um, so far, so good. Yes. Lily and Jimmy get the solo shoot where they gaze really deep into each other's eyes. Lily's very small, so they have to get an apple box for her to stand on, (laughs) even though we know that there's a perfectly good crane that they could have used instead. And then it suddenly starts raining out of nowhere. Where did this come from? Well, (laughs) it's not quite rain. More accurately, some bloke is standing on a ladder and sprinkling them with a hose. So that's what they were doing with the ladder that Elena brought. That makes sense, of course, Mm. yeah. So I was reading a really good article on Gizmodo, um... Uh, yesterday called The Bachelor's Commitment to Excess is Killing the Planet. And it kind of sizes up the environmental costs of the, particularly the US franchise. I don't think they're aware of the Australian franchise, honestly. But it's spotlighted, you know, of course, the, the carbon footprint of all of the flights and going to hometowns and going on the exotic, you know, faraway dates and shooting the finale in another country and all that stuff. Um, considering they've done 40 seasons of that show, that stuff adds Christ. up. Uh, and you know, they, they, there's a few moments in the show's history where they've created snow in the middle of a heat wave. Uh, and just this week they made a full fake thunderstorm in the middle of a drought on Bachelorette. I think that the Australian show does a much better job with this stuff, generally speaking. And obviously mm-hmm. being in a lockdown right now, there, there's a lot of that stuff that can't happen. Um, but it was funny to compare the very lavish torrential downpour that they created this week in New Mexico during a heat wave that's been classed as a mass casualty event with one dude turning the nozzle so it sprinkles a bit on them. <laughs> and it's it's not like it doesn't work. That's This is the thing. It's like the, the results are just as good as far as I'm concerned. We mm. get this like romantic like steamy kiss on the photo shoot date it's it's the first time apparently that there's been a kiss on the photo shoot date and it's good like i like this moment a lot yeah i want to get to the kiss and the ramifications of the kiss in just a minute let's talk about molly taft for a minute who is the person who wrote this article oh go on uh, i'd just like to read you out some other headlines of molly's Uh-oh. is this gonna be bad okay. for me no, it's going to be fine. Okay, good. Uh, record floods unleash deadly destruction across central China. Yeah. yeah. Six photos show Siberia's raging wildfire season. <laughs> Feral hogs pollute the climate <gasps> as much as one million cars each year. Wait, how many of them? I want to talk more about this kiss. Oh, please. Yeah. This was a bad decision from Jimmy. From Jimmy. I mean, if you're Lily, hook in. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. I so agree with you as... The, as a woman who wants to stake her claim on The Bachelor, yeah. or, like it's not going to do you any favors when it comes to the social politics of the house. Sure. But you got to do it. Uh, you absolutely have to do it. If you are Jimmy, why are you publicly kissing your one potential girlfriend on the first group date with all of these other women looking on? This is bad bacheloring. I, I, I know what you mean, but also what are his choices here? Because either he you know, does what he does and kisses her because she, for the first time, I would, I would imagine really yeah. tries to go for the kiss. Yeah. Or you like recoil away from her and have to deal with whatever that Ruin means. the photo shoot. You know? I understand that he's, he's stuck in between a rock and particularly and a because this is ostensibly day two. And, you know, I feel like this is an extension of the night one thing where like at this early stage of the competition, there's no room for him to say no to anything really. Yeah. Uh, look, I agree with you. I just think if your choices are between disappointing 22 of your girlfriends and disappointing one of your girlfriends, um, 
Well, I don't know. It's it's really hard. Look, well, that's why you're the master of having 22 girlfriends. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah look, it goes uh, 36 crazy fists, yep. um, <laughs> 27 dresses, yep. and then uh, my 22 girlfriends. Yeah. And then eight crazy nights is somewhere under there. <laughs> um, Jimmy opts to spend the extra couch time with Lily that evening. They pop some champagne and try to work out if it'll work out since he's 31 and she's 23. And we learn a bit more about Lily here. We learn that she lived between a single mom and a single dad growing up. Her parents were divorced when she was like 12. Um, and she felt like people weren't really looking out for her and her sister. So now she's really driven to find her person and find that sense of connectivity and community and family and love. And, you know, even you know, she can be a little bit guarded at times because of that. Mm. I think all of this stuff is really good. And it also makes me think this is the way that you deploy this stuff. Like we were talking about earlier, you don't drop it straight away, but this is really good timing. She knows that she's found a moment here. Uh, I'm not saying that this is just strategy, but you know, it does show a willingness to communicate and to get vulnerable. And what's Jimmy supposed to do? Send her home? Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's not strategy, but if it, we look at it through the prism of strategy, right. it's pretty good strategy. Right. Exactly. And, you know, Jimmy gives her a rose and another kiss. This time he says, quote, without 10 girls watching. And I'm like, <laughs> Jimmy, the ratings are pretty bad, but they're not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like he's got a weird beat for these kind of things. Like, did you catch the thing that he said after that? No, I don't think so. What was it? So he looked her in the eyes and he sort of leaned in and he whispered this. According to the models that Dr. O'Brien and his colleagues have developed, wild pigs are uprooting anywhere between 36,214 square kilometers <laughs> to 123,500. Fucking big number. You said wild pigs. In their non, yep. I thought they were meant to be hogs. I don't know. What's the difference between a pig and a hog? We'll have to ask Tim Allen. Yeah, let's find out. There's some fun editing when Brooke finds out that Lily got to kiss Jimmy. Stephanie in voiceover says he looked, sorry, Stephanie in confessional says that Brooke looked like Ralph Wiggum when you can see the exact moment that his heart splits in two. It's great editing. It's great because they do a little freeze frame here and you can sort of see the exact moment that her heart splits in two as well. It's very funny. I like that they're willing to have a bit of fun with it. It felt like paradise was back, you know? Playful. Yeah. yeah I think that that's one of the things that hopefully the, uh, production teams have taken out of paradise and brought more into a new season where we are slightly less pandemic. Yes. At least during the we shooting. Were. Yeah. Uh, so then we go to the cocktail party. Lily's kiss and Rose are predictably causing some consternation. Meanwhile, apparently, and I did not catch this during the date, but Sierra said, I love you to Jimmy by accident on their photo shoot. Cute. Well, she said like, oh, like, like she was really in character or something. She kind of set it into his neck is what she says. I don't mm. I didn't catch it, but I'm like, okay, you know, good. And you know, she wants to get the chance to be like, you know, like I meant love in like a cool way. Like, you know, like I'm chill. Like it's not a big deal. I'm like a cool <laughs> girl, you know, it's ruining my villain edit. No big deal. Yeah. I don't love anybody. I don't even, <laughs> I hate you actually. And it's cool. Um, <laughs> uh, then Jay takes Jimmy away for a game of teeny tiny little chess. Cute. I feel like picking chess to be one of your big things, which I think Jay has done here, was a really good idea because a game of chess can take fucking ages. 
Yep. But she wasn't counting on a bachelor who had never played chess before. I think it's so funny. <laughs> it, which makes it kind of even better. Well, yeah, totally. Because, I mean, now it's something that he wants to learn. He's like, oh, yeah, I was always meaning to or whatever. Yeah. And we know from our uh, chat with Mystery Laura that Jimmy actually had a chess set in his apartment the entire time. That's right. Did we put that in the episode or was that off camera? Yes. No, it was in the episode. Wow. We're so good at podcasting. Meanwhile, Sierra tries to manufacture some drama. I'm sorry to say, I did not buy this, about how it's actually Tani's fault that Sierra was all over Jimmy in their shoot. Yeah, now who's Tani? Tani is, she was wearing a bright red dress with like a big boob window. Uh, She's uh, one of the only white blonde women I've ever seen on this television program. (laughs) Um, I think this was the person that Juliet said she thought she would resonate with the most. Yeah, you might be right. I, can't, I, I of course, don't remember, and I would uh, argue that anybody uh, who also can't remember that moment should listen back to that episode many times over. Share it with a friend. She, um, Sierra says she's not normally like that. She would never do something like that in real life. And, uh, you know, that, that means that because, you know, it, it, was, it was, Sierra says Tani was too scared to be silly, which meant that she had to overcompensate and she step it up a bit silly. too far, which meant mm. that it wasn't fun. And, you know, there's a little bit of passive aggressiveness here and they play huge booming strings underneath it when I'm really just like, this feels like a slightly uncomfortable conversation. This is nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess something has to happen in a cocktail party, but I wasn't really buying it. Yeah. It's like how on the the dynamic between you and I, Xavier, on this podcast is how I can tell that you are very shy and a bit afraid to be silly, which is why I have to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ratchet it up personally walla walla bing bang right you ratchet it up whereas i am more of a clink <laughs> <clears throat> clank mm-hmm. um there is more rotating door stealing away at this point stephanie says that they have an egg timer to determine how long everyone will get um this is like professional you know this is like this is good learning from history um sierra seems to be the main topic of conversation for uh you know because of this altercation that she had with tani most of the women seem to take tani's side i can't i can't make it matter in my head um it's artificial yeah and the reason why i think it's artificial is because we don't know tani yeah exactly tani's Tani's been given no time she was even skipped over in the initial like limo exits yeah it's sort of like sierra's got this beef with this invisible woman right and she has to clear it up and like the whole thing could have been made more meaningful if we had spent 30 seconds getting to know who Tani is and and why this was important on the date or if indeed she was shy. Yeah, because I'm like, you know, the the vibe that I get from Sierra, I know I, I get an idea of who she is, but also the vibe to me feels like she is mostly kidding about stuff and she's seen a lot of Bachelor and she knows how to play the game. Yeah. And the vibe from Tani is like she's there, you know? Yeah, right, exactly. So I'm like, I don't know whose side to take. I don't, you know, I'm not invested. It doesn't matter. It's totally straw man until we have some amount of investment in Tani. And it doesn't have to mean that we like Tani, as, uh, you know, for example, Sagand uh, and Abby the other season. Mm. Uh, I don't know to what extent that we had investment in either of those characters at that, that, at that time, but we certainly knew who they were and what they were about. Right. And you could draw your own conclusions based on that. Totally. Sierra gets the moment that she wanted to have with Jimmy, saying, I just want to clear the air. I don't love you yet. I feel a bit self-conscious and obviously overthinking things because there's no one to bounce off, so I'm sorry. And uh, then Tani gets a bit teary in her Voxy 
She's worried that this is going to jeopardize her chances. But yeah, I mean, it kind of, I mean, I don't know. It remains to be seen. I feel like they're going to try and develop this as a rivalry in some way if they can. Yeah, totally. Um, I can imagine even if it doesn't really develop that way that they will try and spin it that way. Yeah. Um, which I don't like really because it's just a bit played out, but it is what it is. Uh, but also I think that um, for, for what she did, Sierra probably played this pretty well. She was like, you know, like, I don't love you yet. Um, you know, you and I kind of buddy, buddy, we're having fun, but what if it was a bit more than that? Right. And then when she said, even though we may all enjoy a hog joke every once in a while, <laughs> this research shows that the problems of wild pigs are becoming more urgent to address. Very important. Important and not an easy conversation to have. No. Particularly as you're just getting to know this guy. Okay. Let's go to the rose ceremony. Brooke and Lily are safe. And the remaining rose order is as follows. Okay. All right. I got it this time. Um, Damn it. So sadly, it is time to farewell down to earth tomboy Jacinta. That is all the notes I have on Jacinta are those two words. Uh, (laughs) And regrettably, Cyclone Belinda. This came as a bit of a shock. I feel like we were getting really good value out of her. Like, they gave her a whole intro package. This, for me, is the churn and burn of The Bachelor. Mm. It's it's unfortunate that we said goodbye, but Belinda certainly burned bright while she was on the show. What what are your favorite Belinda moments? I think it's the eating and shitting every day in her own specific way. Yeah, I think it's really hard to go good. past that. How about you? Very important. My favorite Belinda moment... Um, is when, do you remember that confessional where she actually grabbed a hold of the camera and brought it right into her face and she was like, wild pig control will definitely require cooperation and collaboration across multiple jurisdictions and our work is but one piece of the puzzle. Max, I feel like, I feel like you need to close this tab. <laughs> <laughs> actually, maybe my favourite Belinda moment is is literally the last thing we see of her where she is in the limo going over the bridge on the way home and she asks the person, the producer or the, the camera person or whatever, is does my face look sad enough? Can you see is my is it moving? Do I do I need to somehow show some more emotion or whatever? She's great. Really good. Uh I love Belinda. I want to know everything about her. Unfortunately, it feels like she will remain a mystery for now. Belinda, if you don't remember, is the one who posts ten times a day on Instagram. Literally no no word like not I cannot begin to express how delighted I am to know that she exists. Um, she will probably be on Paradise. I can't wait to talk about her again. Yeah, we saw a tweet from Osha where he was like, if only Paradise would come back, Belinda would be perfect for Paradise. Interesting, yeah. That almost mm. feels like they're uh, hinting, but we'll see. Um, for those keeping track, let's talk about the gains here. Justinta's follower gains capped out at 215 on Instagram, um, which is something. It's not nothing. Belinda totaled a respectable 449. Um, Comparatively pretty good, but also like considering how much potential I feel like she has, particularly Mm. on Instagram as well. Everyone, Mm. let's see if we can, let's see if we can chart the Bachelor of Hearts bump. This is our call to action (laughs) for this episode. Now that she's off the show, I think it's fair to assume that, well, okay, it's probably not fair to assume that we would have a bigger reach than the Bachelor, but like... If everybody who is listening to this goes and follows Belinda on Instagram right now, I want to see if we can see that in the numbers next week. Her handle is Belinda C. Robinson, all one word, uh, no underscores or anything. Go and follow her. I promise you, you will have a good time. Did I get her name wrong? No. Good for me. Good for you. Truly just pictures, very close up pictures of food. 
What a psycho. Hundreds I of them. I love it. Oh, I, I'm, she's an icon. She's an absolute icon. <laughs> All right. And that is the end of the recaps for this week. Pretty good first week, like we were saying. I think this was a really fun first week. There was nothing really that like that I was like, this is high stakes. But in terms of establishing a foundation for hopefully future drama and characterization, we, we got a lot done. Right. I feel like if I was in a position where I was going to the office and having conversations around a water cooler, I would maybe be mm. a little disappointed that I couldn't say to one of my many friends who is aware of The Bachelor but doesn't watch every time, you have to see it because of this one thing, you know? Totally. There isn't a hook like that. And uh, some seasons are great like that. Like the Redhead Rights thing, obviously, was an iconic moment. Um, it didn't lead to that many more people watching that series than usual necessarily. But like, you know, as a topic of conversation, that was a wonderful thing to have up your sleeve. Yeah, I- it's just creating those spikes of virality. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like that on this season, but also that's kind of welcome as far as I'm concerned. Like this mm-hmm. was just, as I said, like a pretty solid on base, like, uh, uh, you know, can't complain about anything that happened really. Um, nice, good. Yeah. Look, these are two episodes that really hit their marks. Yeah. Um, and as far as episodes that definitely do play to a formula, look, consider me, uh, uh guzzling it down. Yeah. If we're not going to see <laughs> any, I mean, look, there's, there's, I, I, I should shut up and get off my high horse because there is uh, a queer person of color who will be the bachelorette later this year, um, which rules. This is obviously one of the least diverse casts that they have had in recent memory, and they're not normally very good either. Uh, but yeah, for, as far as what we've got, uh, you know, they're making a good show out of it. Well, Xavi. Decided to hit it right for what it was. Okay. Should I go lower then? This register that I got. See, this is the sexy baby voice that you keep talking about. And I got to tell you, it's working. Well, okay, good. I'm glad we both got each other with that today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another fun episode here on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. So much to come in the coming weeks. If you would like to be a member of our community, join us on the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group on Facebook. You can also find us on Instagram at BOHpod. If you want to connect with Xavier, he's at XavierRN. I am at Max Quinn. Although, listeners, I will say right now, locked out of my Instagram. Someone tried to log Ooh. in at three o'clock this morning. Then I was like, shit, I'll have to change that password. So I changed the password and then I couldn't get back in. I uh, tried everything. Really not sure what to do. So maybe point, send some emails or something. Well, maybe you can find me on Telegram. Yeah, I think I that, so. that will be that'll be a good spot for me. Uh Guys, follow me on Twitch for my hot tub streams. This is what we want. And uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram if you want to hear about my carnivore diet. (laughs) We'll be back with uh, another episode next week, taking in all the action from episodes three and four. I do just want to say a quick shout out to the Zave heads. I was just about to. Damn it. Yes. Fuck. Interrupted How dare you? Uh, no, do you want to say anything to him? Uh, look, I mean, Zave heads, keep it real. Keep, keep it steady out there. Uh, if you can't get vaccinated, get vaccinated. You probably can. You should do it. I reckon you should go on the mm-hmm. internet, do some, do some, do some, uh, searches. Um, watch, uh, Star Trek, the next generation. If you want to keep up with what I've been doing, uh, it's a cool show and, uh, buy some new sheets. Hey, I think that's a really nice and sound piece of advice, particularly in this pandemic. You don't want to be sleeping in virus sheets. Exactly. And we're not sponsored by any sheet brands, because I know some podcasts are. 
Uh, just go out there and buy some products. You're going to love them. Yeah, look, consumerism is good, listeners, and particularly in this time where most of the, the nation's biggest cities are in lockdown. Treat yourself. That's what I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Look, until the next time, I just want to say this, listeners. We, we love, love you. you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Just one hope.